0: Hello, hello. Welcome to Random Acts of Living. I'm your host, Emilia Nordhook. Thank you for joining me today. I'm really excited about the story that I have to tell you. So let's go ahead and just dig right into the meat of it.
1: Welcome
0: to the show today, random acts of living. And I'm here talking with Chris block again in California in the very early morning on this very last day of February, the oddest month with, you know, the least amount of days, but um, it's always a, it's always a joy to, um, to talk to Chris. And now I get to see him because we're video chatting as well, which is super exciting. So, so, so Chris, we were just talking about, um, getting the vaccine and moving forward. And actually there's so much I ha- that we haven't talked about because I haven't talked to you in, in three months. And, um, and so I also want to, I, I want to lay out too, like, I want to get your, uh, manao, uh, your opinion on, um, on what happened with the, the insurrection, the capital. Yep. And um, yeah. And all that. And just like and then how we're going to move forward because you were just talking about all the things that you are going to do and we can revisit our our love of hot water again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to get to I the town. That's <laughs> the biggest thing I'm looking forward to when I get
0: vaccinated. Right, it's like I can't wait to, yeah, I can't wait to sit in a in a in a pool of hot water with strangers, yes,
1: exactly, <laughs> yeah, breathing all over each other,
0: oh, <laughs> the joy
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, well, yeah, well, let's dive into this uh so there are a couple of things actually that I want to talk to you about because we've been um. You know, we're now into the Biden administration. Things are, like, I think, relatively calm and collected, um, like, given the past five years. But – and you and I have done a lot of work together um, around – reaching across the aisle and talking to people who have a very different opinion than we do, our belief system. And, and I think it's really important to both of us to be able to bring people into the conversations that we have as a culture who don't necessarily agree with us. But something kind of clicked for me after the insurrection where i am not sure if i'm interested in knowing why these people believe the things they do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, i yeah. so so i'm less like like i want to i want to still be compassionate towards people and i want to still include people in the conversation, but if your conversation can't include reality, like like where where is that, you know, kind of how do we walk that line?
1: <clears throat> well, I, I, I would just start off by saying I have I, I don't know yet. Mm. So I think that I just want to preface this by saying that I think that these are at least, I like to see things at least in terms of my lifetime, because I think we have this tendency to overstate mm.
0: the historical
1: period we're living in as if it's the most interesting or the worst or the best. Or, but I know in my lifetime, this is clearly the most confusing time that I've participated in. And so I think that I don't know what to do with these people who believe that the election was stolen yet. So I'm I'm just trying to keep my field of vision as wide as possible to figure this out because on the one hand, they represent a surprising number of Americans, I think, you know, millions and millions and millions and millions. On the other hand, I understand your point. It seems to me like, well, I'll give you—I mean, two examples. It seems if we're not careful, we'll be like Neville Chamberlain during World War II, right? We'll keep, we'll keep trying to work with, and I'm not equating these people with Nazis. I think that's all—that's just a failed a anal- uh, comparison, always. But mm-hmm. I, I'm comparing the historical periods where there was a huge threat. And we and Neville Chamberlain and others just kept saying, "I can work with Germany, I can work with Adolf Hitler, I can work with the Nazis." And and I, I just think that we run the risk of appeasement because I don't know how to work with people who believe in QAnon, and I don't know how to work with people who believe in um, uh, that the election was stolen. And there's a sense too with that there's a kind of a you know there's not a moral equivalency to this either. Right. right. It, it's like I, I heard that, you know, somebody once the example once somebody once gave was if if a group of people believe right now that the world is flat, then that shouldn't be a headline. Group of people announce world is flat. Right. That's <laughs> not a headline. That's just a delusion because we know the world isn't flat. Right. We it's true. The it's worth true. So right. that's not news in the same way that, you know, we have certain participation rates in the election that we'd like to change. So I'm just – because – and the reason I say that, Amelia, is because I am actually the, the – I'm still very surprised by the durability of Donald Trump and the resiliency of his support because I just – it's so yeah. weird to have like groups of people like Kevin McCarthy or Mitch McConnell – say, no doubt the president has a huge role that he played in the insurrection, Mm -hmm. where they make clear statements about that, and then now have gone back to... Did I see a headline that McConnell said he would definitely support Donald Trump if he ran for president in 2024? Kevin Mm -hmm. McCarthy is, is still supportive. Lindsey Graham is still supportive people that have made public statements that the president was responsible in no large, in no small part for what happened on. Um,
0: January on,
1: 6th on January 6th. So I don't know, like I'm still off center about that. I don't know what to do with that. I'm, I don't know right. what, I mean, I, cause I think that's so beyond the norms of what, we understand this sort of democracy and this 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 experiment we're involved in. That I just don't know what that means. I'm, I'm I remain shocked by it.
0: <laughs> right. Well, right. Well, it, yeah. I I mean I, I I totally I agree, and I feel the same way. To me, it's like watching, um, it's like not watching, but um, interacting with somebody who has a mental illness, right? And who keeps putting forward, you know, who keeps saying, you know, one reality and then with their actions living another reality. And you're sitting here going like, um, well, actually, your actions tell me which reality you're actively engaged in. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm going to pay attention to to that reality that you're engaged in because your actions are the things that I'm most concerned about because they can hurt me, right? Yeah.
1: Yes. No, no, no doubt about it, right? So,
0: yeah. So I keep looking at that. And, you know, from the perspective of um, an activist and a community organizer, I, and, and then now, you know, and, and also an artist, I feel really compelled um, to create work that speaks to the moment. And trying to find that space, I think, is, um, is a challenge. And, and what I've come up with is pulling images from the insurrection on January 6th that are the most difficult to look at, um, because I've been inspired by Goya's um, etchings of um, the disasters of war. Uh-huh. I don't know if you've seen those. But, um, you know, so he, you know, he's done these amazing etchings of, um, the, the Spanish war and, um, and they were so, um, (laughs) they, they, they spoke against the government in such a big way that they were not published until 30 years after his death, you know, but they're truly really powerful. And I feel like the way in which we need to speak to this moment is to, is to look at the violence and the ugliness that happened. Like, I, I feel like sometimes we're almost rushing too much to embrace like, Oh, but we've overcome it. I'm like, it was horrible. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, people were being beaten. It's like, look at that image. And and it's hard to see the images because they're all in like a group setting. So I've been working with, with some of these brilliant Gen Zers in my world And, um, and pulling apart, like on Photoshop, I'm like, how do I get to like this image of the crowd beating the police officers with a flagpole? And at first they look at me, you know, because they're so young and shiny. They're just like, why would you want to do that? And I was like, because I feel like we need to look at that. We need to see it. Like I... I don't want to see it and it makes me sick to my stomach, but I feel like that is the reality that happened on that day and has happened continually to people in this country who face certain violence because of their gender, their sexual orientation, their race, their, you know, it's like, we can't look away from this reality any
1: longer. No, I think that, yes, I think that, um, we can't look away from it, absolutely. And I don't want to be naive about that. I also think that part of the strategy would be to is to have us say that there's an equivalency to what happened at the at the Capitol and voting for Donald Trump. So because and and that that has its own dangers, right? Because I'm not sure that we have the and again, I'm still just in the process of trying to keep my mind as open as possible to where we move forward. And so, but, yeah. but my intuition, at least at this point, tells me that I don't want to let Trump voters off the hook. At the same time, there's not a moral equivalency to what happened in the Capitol and voting for Donald Trump. I, at least I don't believe there is at this point. And I, so, and, and the reason why I think that's important to note is because I don't have much, I I think that the people at the Capitol and, and the people who are actually clubbing people, those are just folks that have to be like controlled. We have to have a, mm-hmm. like a security apparatus and a, and a government and a set of institutions that is larger than those folks. Right. Uh, yeah. But, you know, but. But I don't know if we can have a set of security apparatus and a set of s- civic institutions larger than the 40, you know, than the millions and millions of people who voted for Donald Trump. And so I'm just trying to keep an openness mm-hmm. to, I think there's I a lot, you, you know, so so it, it's, and so when we say we can't work with people or it would be appeasement, um, I think. But even that, you know, I, I'm just still in this period of struggle because I'm. I don't think there's a moral equivalency to voting for Donald Trump and what we saw at the Capitol, mm-hmm. on the one hand, and, and yet at the same time, when I see the embrace of large leadership, uh, large large swaths of leadership in the country embrace Donald Trump, and at the same time. Acknowledge his responsibility for January 6th, then I wonder what what can be salvaged at the same time. And so these are all, again, I'm not, I'm just, I'm throwing it all up there and trying to understand what went on and keeping a sort of an emergent mind about what's going on because, for instance, and and so, yeah, I don't think there's a moral equivalency. At the same time, all of these leaders who acknowledge. Trump's responsibility and embrace him at the same time makes me very concerned. I think where I'm looking for some greater clarity, quite frankly, I think the off-year elections in 2022 become very important because I think that by that time, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will have presented a very clear alternative picture Mm -hmm. of what's possible. They will have benefited a lot of Americans who, in their hurt, in their pain, in their desperation, voted for Donald Trump. So I'm just wondering, can we see more of a baseline and understand what that is in 2022? I don't think because there'll be this wholesale repudiation of Donald Trump and a wholesale repudiation of Republican politics and an embrace of Democrats. I don't think that's the way it kind of works in American politics right now, Mm -hmm. but will there be some level setting where a group of people can, can appreciate a more reasonable, more compassionate, more empathic response to government in, in large part because it benefited from them. And then will we see where we go from there rather than where we go from here? Does that-
0: yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense to me. I think then it puts out kind of the call of, to action then for, for those of us who are in the, the work is basically to not run to do anything. It's basically is to sit and not to sit and watch, but to kind of develop mm, the sense of mindfulness almost.
1: Yep 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 oh. to, to appreciate that it's a both and that our exactly. that our activism we have to still be active we have to still be concerned we have to still register voters mm-hmm. and at the same time I think we have to create enough space to acknowledge that we really don't understand what the baseline is yet right and that we need to still try to figure that out because I think it's too early to disregard 46 million Americans or whatever the, you know, how many people right. ultimately ended up voting for Trump? 48 million people or something?
0: Uh, 70, I thought 70 million.
1: Oh, that's right. It's 70.
0: It's, it was like, so like 70, 77, I believe voted for Biden.
1: And 70 million voted for Trump. Yeah. It's still too early to throw those 70 million. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the Ash bit of history.
0: Yeah, no, uh, I, <laughs> I agree. Um, I agree, even though it's like I I really want to. But, but well, at the same time, I it's mean, it's not going to get us anywhere. Yeah.
1: No, but at the same time, I am concerned about the numbers. I'm concerned about the leadership of that group embracing Donald Trump and, and, and not creating any space. mm mm-hmm. For there to be other alternatives, I mean, there seems to be a pretty, a surprising rush to. So few leaders of that seventy million people seem to be concerned with creating at least space, for there to be an alternative. That I, I'm just, it's just really weird to me. And so, yeah. but I think that's why, you know, that's that's why. 2022 becomes so important I think what is the real what is the real number right, right. And, 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 and what's the real number and, and does it represent some fundamental shift in American politics or does you know a huge stimulus package and the ending of the pandemic create enough space for people to look at things differently and for there to be a new leader mm-hmm on 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 the on the right this is the there's so much noise in the environment now donald trump noise pandemic noise uh economic distress noise and, and so i don't you know if there's not pandemic noise and there's not economic noise is there then greater clarity around donald trump
0: right Right. Yeah, I and think Yeah, I mean, I think you're totally right on with that. It's really just a moment where, you know, we need to kind of sit back and just let you know, let things fall where they may and like I like the idea of giving it space. I'm you know, I'm thinking I I had this um, been thinking a lot about brokenness like on a personal level and how people come out of brokenness And, um, and how actually integral brokenness is to our, our development in so many ways. Um, Uh, and, and I think maybe that's happening on this cultural and societal level, like right now, like, you know, we are broke as a culture and we've been broke for a really long time, but we've not had this sense of reckoning that I recall in my lifetime that we are having right now.
1: And that could be, you know, part of a condition. That could be a, a function of our whiteness, too, right? Sure. Like, the, like you know, I think part of what what I am also just open to is that the numbers are the numbers, and the Trump supporters are the Trump supporters, and the brokenness is the brokenness, largely because of race, mm-hmm. and that it has always been thus in the country, right? And and and, and this is just a more clear, um, and that there is just more clarity around it, right? That, okay. that that actually there is seventy million Americans. Who have always been, you know, there always is 45, 50% of Americans who have always been um, represented this view of America because this view of America is largely based on a very broken view of race mm-hmm. and the position of white people in the country. And I think that's that's the other thing I'm open yeah. to. Like, no, actually, the base this is the baseline. <laughs> because the baseline is based on a broken country that was largely formed on 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 a, on a on a view of race that is broken and corrupt. Yeah. Right. And so that's and that's what it is. And we've always been able to keep sort of a lid on it. And and, and now the lid is off and the pot is boiling. yeah Right. And the question is, and then on January sixth, it boiled over. But then it was it didn't boil over enough. Where we were able to turn down the. The, the burner a little bit right now it's just boiling so again these are yeah. all things that that yeah. we're open to and that we will that will continue to inform our discussion right right That's the,
0: yeah absolutely so. absolutely I
1: fear that we are at time
0: yes well we can um well I just want to to end by um talking about, Like some of the things that you are looking forward to doing once this, once we all get vaccinated.
1: Well, I tell you, I'm interested. I'm looking forward to, I will say three things, going to the movies (laughs) and eating popcorn during the
0: movies.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. Going to Hawaii. Yes. And seeing that beautiful place and the, the beautiful people that are there. And uh, going to the Korean baths and taking a hot <laughs> bath. Those are kind of the three things that are, you know, I think at the end of the day. Oh, and the fourth thing is coffee, coffee with friends in coffee shops. I'm a big yes. fan of coffee shops. And San Francisco is a great mm-hmm. coffee shop environment. So I'm, I'm looking forward to to that as well. I I, I have to say that generally, particularly as the, As the pandemic has progressed, I would say that generally I've been able to keep connection with my closest, with our closest friends Mm -hmm. and even have contact with those folks. Because as it's progressed, I think there's been a group of us that have been pretty comfortable that we're being careful and that we can be with each other, you know, kind of in that bubble sort of situation. So it's not as if I feel like, ah, there's a group of people I want to see. I, I don't have older parents we're mm. alive, right, so right. my brother and sister I've been able to see, and um i i i those things have been maintained to some degree, yeah, but um but it's yeah, I think it's movies and popcorn eating <laughs> in the movie uh the imperial spa, the Korean bath I go to in san francisco um uh, coffee shops, hmm um and hawaii yeah those are the four things that and i and i'm encouraged i think by may i will be able to do all those things
0: okay that's great that's fantastic
1: May i can do those things I, i'm looking forward to may
0: yay i just feel like we need to like we need to leave things on a positive note like Either. Yeah, no.
1: I think that's where, we're at the end of we're at the the the, uh, the light is at the end of the tunnel.
0: <laughs> it is at the end of the tunnel. We're almost there. Don't uh, and and
1: even regardless of what percentages Trump voters or not Trump voters, or I also am very clear that this is. Uh, I, I still believe in the American experiment, and I think that there's just millions and millions of good-hearted, mm-hmm. open-minded. Mm-hmm clear-thinking people, and there's enough of us to build a country on.
0: Excellent, Chris. I love that. <laughs>
1: Thank you, Amelia. We'll talk to you again soon, I hope.
0: Yes, very soon. And maybe we can even meet in Hawaii.
1: That would be wonderful that we can do a joint podcast there.
0: That would be great. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna plan. I'm going to put that out to the universe right now.
1: Fantastic.
0: Thank you, Amelia. (laughs) for talking with you this morning. Thank you, Chris. Aloha. Thank you for joining me. And if you found this interesting or provocative or maddening, well, leave me a review and tell me about it. Drop me a line. Let me know some of your stories. And thanks again for joining me. I look forward to talking to you again. Have a great day. Be well. Stay present. Aloha.